When I've been with you on Friday nights, we've been on the subject of the things of the Spirit. The things of the Spirit. So let's go again to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and let's go into some uh, more things of the Spirit. Now, I'm, uh, I'll be reading from the uh, Young's Literal Translation Because as we've said before, there's a lot of loose, I shouldn't call it translation, it's because it's paraphrase in the modern translations and paraphrases. Because if your doctrine is wrong about something, you're going to run into other portions of scripture that don't agree every time. And... uh, A lot of folks, if they haven't experienced something for themselves, then that they see in the Word, then they try to explain it away and say, well, you know, that's not for us, or that's passed away, or just in the early church. There's no two churches. We're a part of the same church that you read about in the book of Acts. We've got the same gospel, same spirit. Same love, directive, command, same Jesus, Lord and Master. And uh, you'll find that a number of people have not accepted the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the speaking with tongues. And then also, if if you're wrong about that, you're not going to understand the 12th and 14th chapters of 1 Corinthians. It's going to be like reading a foreign language to you. And so that is the case, and many have tried to explain these things naturally. And so they'll try to say that gifts of healings are doctors and nurses or something. Absolutely not. And they'll try to say that tongues and interpretation is, are people who learn multiple language and have linguistic ability. And, and, and a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge is just wise people and, and smart people. <laughs> No, to apply that, you find it doesn't work with some of these. They're either all natural or they're all supernatural. Well, they're all supernatural. None of them are natural. And um, so that's why I'm reading this translation, and I'd recommend you to beware of some of the modern paraphrases because they're not telling you exactly what the words are they're telling you what they think it meant. I don't want somebody telling me what they think it meant. I want to know what it said. I'll do my own thinking. (laughs) Well, Young's literal is uh, is a pretty good one. Uh, I like the King James, too. But each one of them, you know, it wasn't originally written in those languages, so it's it's a translation. And Young's, Dr. Young's, also author of the Young's Concordance, So he ought to know a thing or two. Is that right? (laughs) About this. Uh, Look in verse 1. Let's begin reading. Young's literal translation. He said, concerning the spiritual things, brethren, I do not wish you to be ignorant. You've known that you were nations unto the dumb idols as you were led being carried away. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no one in the Spirit of God speaking, you, you could also sit like this, speaking by inspiration of the Spirit of God, 
is going to say that Jesus is accursed. The Holy Spirit doesn't even speak of himself. So great is the deference to Jesus. He says he takes of the things of Jesus and shows them to us. How many remember the Bible said he, Jesus said he doesn't speak of himself. Anything that's in the least bit disrespectful of Jesus could in no way be the Holy Spirit. He goes on to say, and no one is able to say Jesus is Lord. And again, this is speaking by inspiration. Any unbeliever, somebody from a different religion, if you said, say these words after me, they could say them. But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about spiritual manifestations, speaking by inspiration. A wrong spirit is never going to say Jesus is Lord. Verse 4, there are diversities of gifts and the same spirit. There are diversities of ministrations, or we might say ministries, and the same Lord. There are diversities of workings, and it is the same God who is working the all in all. And to each has been given the manifestation of the Spirit for profit, for benefit. The manifestations, now one of the reasons I like reading this is because a lot of the other translations, they just use these words, like they, they use the word gift and manifestation interchangeably or substitute something else and they're not the same thing. But the manifestation of the Spirit, which includes the gifts of the Spirit, is uh, not just for a few preachers are a few super spiritual people. It's for everybody. Every believer should be experiencing these manifestations. Now, not the same ones in the same degree. He, he talks about how different it is. But no child of God should go year after year with no manifestations of the Spirit. Say it like that. Well, what are these nine gifts or manifestations of the Spirit? Many people don't even know anything about them. So, and he goes on to talk about that we are to earnestly covet these things. Well, then if you, if you don't know anything about them, uh, and if they're never taught on, and if you don't want them and don't desire them, well, you'd go years and not have them and not even notice it. Are we just going to live a mundane, natural, physical life? No. Or can we live a spiritual life? Can we have manifestations of the Holy Spirit? Not just in a few preachers' lives, but in every believer's life who will accept this and pursue this. So then he begins to, he refers to each of what we call the nine gifts or manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, for to one through the Spirit has been given a word of wisdom. Everybody said out loud, a word, a word of, wisdom. of wisdom. Now again, not the gift of wisdom. No. No. A word, which is a supernatural, a spiritual revelation of a fragment. A word is a fragmentary part of a sentence. And not a, not a page of wisdom. 
not a paragraph of wisdom. A what? A word. A word. Uh, the Spirit who is inside us knows everything. Does He show us everything? No. And for one thing, He doesn't want to blow the top of our head off. But <laughs> if we will commune with Him, there will be times when He'll give us a word of His knowledge that we did not learn through any external means. It was revealed to us. Also, a word of knowledge. Again, said out loud, a word, a word of, knowledge. of knowledge. Not the gift of knowledge. According to the same Spirit. Now, we've already talked in detail about these. If you haven't been with us, uh, go back to the back, get you a CD or DVD. The easiest thing is go online, watch it or listen to it. It won't cost you anything. Because I think this is like lesson, what, seven or something like that. And we're building on what has gone before. We've already talked about these. Uh, not to say... We've done an exhaustive study on them. This is a brief introduction to them, is what this is. Just a brief introduction. And keep going, verse 9. To another, what? Faith. I believe this is the Amplified, talks about special faith. And that word is not there, but I think it's worth thinking about because there is a contrast between what's called common faith in other passages. And again, this is something that is the Spirit of God manifest in our life. In the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings. Both of those are plural. Gifts of healings in the same Spirit. Uh, keep going. To another, in workings of mighty deeds. Or the King James says, miracles. Workings of miracles. Both of those are plural. Uh, somebody said, well, that's not the best English. This wasn't written in English. <laughs> and to another, prophecy. And to another, discernings of spirits. And to another, divers kinds of tongues. And to another, interpretation of tongues. Verse 11. And all these does work the one and the same spirit, dividing to each severally, as he intends. Now uh, let's keep reading because all this, actually the, this wasn't written in chapter and verse. And what we've got divided into the 12th, 13th, and 14th chapters all flows together. A lot of times people talk about the 13th chapter as the love chapter. It's part of this. And it's part of chapter 14. And um, this 12th chapter, people call it the gifts of the Spirit chapter, but that's only part of it. We're just at verse 12. There's a lot of verses left, and most of them have to do with the body of Christ. Amen. The body chapter, but that's not a, a different subject because the manifestations of the Spirit happen through the body. Let's keep reading this. Even as the body is one and has many members, all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For also in one spirit we all to one body were baptized. Now that is the new birth. The new birth. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether servants or freemen, and all into one spirit were made to drink. That's the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Keep going. For also the body is not one member, but many. 
If the foot may say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it not because of this, not of the body? If the ear may say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it not because of this, not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole hearing, where the smelling? Well, you wouldn't have any. But now God did set the members, each one of them, in the body according as he willed. Now let's let's stop right here. We, we must not separate talking about the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit from the body of Christ. They go hand in hand. And just like each different body part is graced to do different things, well, each member of the body of Christ is graced to do different things and will have different manifestations. Any child of God could have any one of those nine, but you'll find in your life you'll have more of one or two or three than the others. And that's because of the part of the body you are. Feet don't need to hear. Right? <laughs> they don't need to hear. Because, but, but ears, no way could you put ears on the end of your legs and sustain your body. Feet need strength. They need power. Do we have any power manifestations? Workings of miracles. Is that right? Special faith power. But uh, eyes don't hold up the body, but they need to see. Right? Discernings means seeings of spirits. And, uh, you know, the arm can't say a word. But uh, you need more than your mouth to get through in life. Every part has specific grace and giftings and abilities. And that's what he's talking about. Keep going. Let's read some more of it. And if all were one member, where were the body? And now indeed are many members and one body. And the eye is not able to say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. But much more the members of the body, which seem to be more infirm or weak, are necessary. You, you got little bitty parts, internal parts that you've never even seen, but you need them. <laughs> they can't even survive and function outside your body, but you don't want to be without them. And they quit doing their job. You'll find out in a hurry, right? This is how the body of Christ is. You got body parts that are up front and visible and seen a lot. And you got other body parts that you never see. But they're important. Just because they're not seen doesn't mean they're not important. And for any part to say to the other part, I don't need you, is gross ignorance. Gross ignorance. We need every part of the body. There are no unnecessary parts. Keep going. Those that we think to be less honorable of the body, around these we put more abundant honor. And our unseemly things have seemliness more abundant. Our seemly things have no need. But God did temper the body together to the lacking part having given more abundant honor. That there may be no division in the body, 
but that the members may have the same anxiety. That, that word means something different to us today. Care is a word. Not taking care about, but care for one another. And whether one member does suffer, suffer with it, do all the members. Or one member is glorified, rejoice with it, do all the members. And you are the body of Christ. Somebody say, we are the body of Christ. And you individually, you're a member. A specific, particular member. The body of Christ is a glorious thing. Glorious thing. Verse 28. Some indeed God did God set in the assembly. First apostles. Secondarily prophets. Thirdly teachers. After that powers. Now let me just stop right here. Maybe we'll be seeing this a little bit later. He's talking not about just gifts or manifestations of the spirit now. He's talking about ministry gifts. And he didn't change mid-paragraph. He's just calling them by some of the equipment they have. Putting a title on yourself doesn't make you anything. Other men and women putting a title on you doesn't make you anything. Spiritually, you have to have the equipment to do the job. And that's what makes you what you are in the body. We know apostles are ministry gifts. We know prophets are. We know teachers are. What's powers? Well, that has to do with governing authorities. That would include the pastoral office. Afterward, gifts of healings. What would that be? That's evangelists. Real evangelism has this. You'll notice it accompanies with it. Uh, Brother Hagin used to say uh, healing is the dinner bell. You remember great evangelistic ministries like Brother Oral Roberts and those great tent meetings. Those amazing healings drew hundreds of thousands to come. And what happened? You preach Jesus <laughs> and you give an altar call. Come on, can y'all see this? And then helpings. There are ministries, not just the teaching, preaching ministries, but helps ministries, governings. That has different things of administration. Divers kinds of tongues. This is not just talking about you and I as an individual speaking in tongues. This is talking about ministry. There's a ministry and a side of tongues that is public ministry. It includes interpretation. That's what comes next, right? Divers kinds of tongues. What's the next verse? Well, anyway... We'll talk about it in in chapter 14. Are all apostles? What's the answer? No. No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all powers? Keep going. Governing authority. Have all the gifts of healings? No. But could all receive a healing? Yes. Yes. We're not talking about just healing. We're talking about a ministry that ministers healing. Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? That's where it is I was thinking about. Just stop right there. Some people have tried to use this to say, well, not everybody should speak in tongues. It said right there, do all speak in tongues. No, hear this phrase, divers kinds of tongues. There are different kinds of tongues. There's at least three kinds of tongues that I'm going to talk to you about tonight, I think, if we have time. This is one of them right here, ministry tongues. Do all have this and are all used in this? The answer is no. 
But does that mean that not all believers could speak in tongues? Not any more than you could say not all believers could receive a healing. Does this make sense, friends? Just stay with me. There's a lot more to talk about on this. Obvious answer here on, on these things is no. Keep going. Desire earnestly the better gifts, and yet a far excelling way do I show you. Now, can I just keep reading to you? I want to read these verses and make our way to the next. This is a chapter change, but that's just what men added. If with the tongues of men and of messengers, we'd say angels, I speak, and have not love, I'm become brass sounding or cymbal tinkling. Now, notice this. uh, Again, you see the phrase divers, we'd say different kinds of tongues. Tongues referring to, we'd probably call them languages. And um, here in verse 1, he includes all the languages of human beings plus a whole other group of beings, angels, revealing it's possible for believers to speak in tongues unknown to them. But if you just stick the word unknown on it, again, that's added. And one reason you shouldn't add it is because these languages are known to someone. <laughs> Whether human or angelic. But it also means your head is not qualified to listen to a tongue and decide whether it's a legitimate tongue. You don't know. I'm telling you, I've traveled a little bit, and there are some languages you just shake your head and think, that's a language? (laughs) Well, what do we know about angelic languages? Next to nothing. Maybe just nothing. (laughs) But apparently... It's possible to speak with them. Somebody say glory to God. Tongues, different kinds of tongues. Here of men and of angels. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. So we know it's possible. Uh, Paul was referring to himself and and others. Apparently he had done it. Verse 2. If I have prophecy and know all secrets and all knowledge, if I have all faith so as to remove mountains and have not love, I'm nothing. Let's just keep reading. If I give away to feed others all my goods, and if I give up my body that I may be burned and have not love, I'm profited nothing. It's possible to do a lot of giving and get no reward. Because the thing that makes the gift acceptable to God is the heart of the giver. Why are you doing it? Your motive. There's a lot of folks have done some things, even some substantial things, but it was only for public relations or it was only for a tax write-off. They'll get no reward for it at all. It has to be done in faith and love for it to, to matter to God. Now, I like this, where it says, the love, the article for thee is there. In the language. We just say love suffers long in the King James. But the article is there. The love. Don't you like that? God is the love. 
Somebody say the love. There's a lot of stuff people call love. We're not talking about all that. We're talking about the, capital T, love, capital L. Somebody say the love. And the reason I said it is because the, the article, I looked it up again today, it appears again and again through these next few verses. The love, the love, the love. When the, when the scripture is repeating something, how many think you ought to pay attention to it? And not just drop it and leave it out like it wasn't there. The love is how many glad you got the love shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, I got the love. I know the love. Talking about God here. The love is long suffering, is kind. The love does not envy. The love does not vaunt itself, is not puffed up, does not act unseemly. One says it's not rude or unmannerly. You know, love's always thinking about the effect of my words and actions on you rather than just what I want and how I feel. Does not seek its own things, is not provoked, does not impute evil. One translation brings out it doesn't keep a record of suffered wrong. It doesn't rejoice over unrighteousness, it rejoices with the truth. All things it bears. All it believes, all it hopes, all it endures, we might say it like this, it bears through everything. It believes through everything, no matter what. It keeps expecting and enduring through everything. You can't break the love. You can't, there is no weapon formed that can prosper against the love because the love is the God. You, you can't beat the love. And you want to make the devil mad and frustrate and cause some people to lose, you know, what they might even have been thinking or trying to do. Anybody trying to be mean to you or ugly to you, you say, I'm going to love you. And there ain't a thing in the world you can do about it because it's not based on anything you might say or do. It's a choice that completely takes it out of the realm of anything the devil can do about it. But it must not just be empty words. It's not based on how you feel about them. Because, you know, people do enough stuff to you, you can have some feelings. But you can lay them aside and by faith do an act of love. An act of love in spite of your feelings. And, oh man, God will get all up in your business when you do that. Keep reading verse 8. The love does never fail. And whether there be prophecies, they shall become useless. And where the tongues, they shall cease. Now here is a, a second place where some who don't believe in speaking in tongues for today try to apply and say, well, see, it said tongues would cease. And they needed that supernatural sign in the beginning days of the church to get them going. But that's all passed away. That was part of the early church. And some people even say when the last apostle died, they needed special powers for working miracles. But when the last one died, all that ceased, all that passed away. And all people are trying to do is explain why they don't have it. And write things off. But, uh, you know, Peter said himself when the lame man at the gate was healed, he said, why do you look on us as though by our power, our holiness, we had made this man to walk? He said, the name of Jesus and faith in that name has made this man to walk. Do we still have the name of Jesus? Can we still have faith? Well, why can't we have some of these things? 
We can. We should. We do around here. Have you heard some of these testimonies? God has done amazing things. And we're expecting more. More. Somebody say more. 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 But I want you to notice. And and one, one reason again. I like Young's literal. Because everywhere the Greek word is used. It uses the same English word. That's a personal annoyance of mine. When the same word is translated six different ways in the same passage. And man, you've got to do a lot of extra study to find that out. But no, this says prophecies shall become useless. Now the word useless, if you look it up there, I think a word we use today would be obsolete. No longer useful, no longer applicable obsolete. And this is talking about a time to come. There will be a time to come where all the prophecies of the Bible have been fulfilled and prophecies coming out like they have been, that will be obsolete. It will be replaced by something higher. The same thing will happen to tongues. You remember in the beginning, everybody spoke the same language. Remember that back in the beginning in Genesis? Until their languages were splintered and they were confounded at the Tower of Babel. And so you know that happened because of their rebellion and defiance of God. That wasn't a good thing. So that splintering of languages wasn't an improvement over what God had created in the beginning. So all of these different languages that we've got now, there's coming a time when that's going to be obsolete. And we won't need to learn multiple languages, and we won't need some kind of high-tech translator to understand everybody in heaven. Won't that be great? But has that happened yet? Then tongues have not become obsolete or ceased. Because knowledge, it also is the same word. It'll become useless, obsolete. Has knowledge become obsolete at this present time? Then how can you pull one of these others out and say, no, he's talking about the present time and a time to come. Can you see this, friends? In fact, if you put this together with Scripture in Hebrews, Hebrews talks about tasting of the powers of the world to come. And these gifts and manifestations of the Spirit are part of it. Things you see, some of these amazing working of miracles and special faith that would include things like even translation. You know, we'd call it teleportation. It happened multiple times It's recorded in the Bible. The Bible said that is a taste of our future. That will be natural to us in the world to come. But right now, we still have to learn things. How will it be then? Keep reading. For in part we know. Is that still true right now? Then we still got knowledge. And we still got prophecy. And we still got tongues. Keep going. And when that which is perfect may come, then that which is in part shall become useless. Same word. Obsolete. Has that happened already? It has not. Keep going. When I was a baby, 
As a baby, I was speaking. As a babe, I was thinking. As a babe, I was reasoning. And when I become a man, I've made useless, that's the same word, obsolete, the things of the baby. He's talking about growing up. For we see now what's happening right now. Do we see perfectly now? No. Then don't try to take these previous verses and say part of that has already happened. No, you you can't split up scriptures like that. We see now through a mirror obscurely. Now back in this day, they did not have coated mirror glass like we have today. That didn't happen until many, many centuries later. They had... The people that did have, and this was only for the very rich, had polished metal. You'd take like copper or something like that and polish it, polish it, polish it, polish it until it had a reflective surface. But I assure you, looking into that was nothing like looking into your mirror in your bathroom today. It was a fuzzy, distorted, maybe you could tell it was you. <laughs> and your hair was combed to this side. <laughs> but it was an obscure, just a distorted image. And then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall fully know, as also I was known. Has that happened already? Then knowledge hadn't ceased. Tongues hadn't ceased and become obsolete. Prophecies hadn't ceased. Prophecies are with us today. And they're being fulfilled in this time. Tongues are with us today. Knowledge is with us today. But there's coming a time when this is going to be changed. You know, uh, some of you might have heard my testimony about the experience that the Lord gave me of my dad when he uh, went home to be with the Lord. This has been a number of years ago. The Lord allowed me to have an experience. I went and saw him. And I know that, you know, people have all kind of ideas about that. And I, I wasn't going to tell it. For years, I didn't tell it. Because, you, know, you know, for one thing, you don't like people just picking it apart and saying all this kind of stuff about it. But then when I taught on victory over death, the Lord dealt with me, share it. And so now it's on YouTube. <laughs> and it's on all kind of places. <laughs> on the other side of the world in Asia, I had people telling me, oh, that blessed me. That blessed me. Okay, you heard all about that. Well, and that's fine, because I believe that's one of the reasons why the Lord dealt with me to do it. But one of the things that I got a number of revelations out of that experience, and a lot of it I don't understand till right now. One of the things was time. Time. I, I didn't, wasn't able to wrap my head around. It was like I was dealing with both future and past and present at the same time. How do you do that? I'd, and, and yet it just seemed perfectly normal. Uh, we were talking about things as though they had happened that hadn't happened yet. And um, all my dad wanted to talk about was the ministry. That's all we talked about. Nothing else. That's all he wanted to talk about. And when I saw him, ran to him, he ran to me, we hugged up. It's amazing to hug somebody that you buried their body. It's astounding. And he looked so amazing. 
I mean, of course, he was, you know, a grown man when I was born. And by the time I was old enough to know him, he was getting a little older. And by the time he went home to be with the Lord, he'd lost most of his hair. What was left was white. Not now. Man, he had a full head of hair. It was, when I say jet black, you know that blue black, like when it's a reflection. Of, I mean, he looked, I wanted to say a million bucks, but that ain't enough money. I mean, he, he looked amazing, like maybe in your late 20s or early 30s, I don't know. And we just, we stayed hugged up the whole time during that experience. And one thing that stuck with me afterwards, I felt no need to try to express to him how much I loved him. I knew he knew. And I knew he didn't feel like he needed to tell me over and over again how much he loved me. And, and all the, I, I was never made aware of it till then, how much insecurities and fear junk were in down here. Because you hear people all the time saying, I, I hope they know how much I care about them, but I don't know if they really know. And, and people talk and they cry and they struggle and there was none of that. None of that. I knew how much he loved me without saying a word. I knew he knew how much I loved him. And the verse that came to my mind was right here. Here we know what? Partially. In part. But then what? I shall fully know as also I was known or am known and I fully knew how much he loved me and cared about me and I knew he fully knew without struggling and being insecure about it and trying a hundred ways to say it and all this stuff, I knew. I knew that he knew. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Has that happened already down here? You know it hadn't happened then. So all these other things hadn't happened yet. But we're headed that way. Are y'all with me, friends? We're headed that way. Keep going. And now there does remain faith, hope, love. These three. Now again, this is a contrast. There's coming a time when prophecies will all be fulfilled and they won't be coming out and happening like they used to. There will be time when all these tongues and languages and diverse kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues, that will be no more. There will be a time when knowledge, the way we have to learn and things, that will be no more. But these things will never stop. And never, there will never come a time when faith ceases. Our hope, our love ceases. These are eternal with God. From past into eternity future. These three. And the greatest of these. Is love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Romans says. That love. Which kind is it? The love. Has been shed abroad. In your heart. Somebody say that love. The love. Is in me now. In my heart. That's the biggest indicator of a real Christian, that you really have been born again, that you, you have that love in you, and you love God, and you love people. That's the biggest indicator that you are a real Christian. Keep going. Chapter 14, but again, this wasn't written in chapter and verse. Pursue 
the love. And seek earnestly the spiritual things, and rather that you may prophesy. Now in this one verse are three big keys to having the manifestations of the Spirit. And how to have more of them in our life. Do you see the three things? How can I have more manifestations of the Spirit in my life? Number one, follow, follow, everybody say follow, follow the love. The love is a person. The love is the spirit of the love, the spirit of God inside you, learning to follow the spirit who is the love, is a big key to the manifestations of the spirit. Phyllis and I knew a couple, an older couple, Decades ago, they're both going home to be with the Lord now, years ago. But in the earliest days of our ministry, we watched them minister in the gifts of the Spirit. It was a big help to us. And uh, the lady, in particular, flowed in word of knowledge in a degree that I, I hadn't seen before. And a lot of people claim stuff, but it's, it's not the real thing. But... Uh, her husband would preach, wonderful preacher and teacher, and then a lot of times she'd come up at the end and minister to people and know things supernaturally that she had no way of knowing, could not know. This is a word of knowledge. And she described one time how it operated in her life. She said, you might ask, how, how do you know those things? Brother Hagen used to say, every pastor ought to pastor supernaturally. They were to pastor by these manifestations. And I know Phyllis and I were just talking the other day, just a couple of weeks ago. Something came up. She was praying in the morning. Something came up to her. She contacted one of our, our members, asked them some questions, and they were, they said, how did you know? How did you know? How did you know? And it was a real answer for them. Well, how did she know? A word. Somebody say A word. Of knowledge. This has happened to us many, many times. Most of this you don't hear about from the pulpit, and a lot of these things are nobody else's business. But it's all to benefit, to benefit, to help, to aid, the verse said. Well, this woman said, she said, many times when I get up to minister, I don't have anything. But I'll just, as we praise God and focus on Him, I'll notice somebody in the crowd, and my heart just goes out to them in love. Well, what what that verse say? What are you supposed to do with that? King James says follow, or pursue. Follow it. So she'll say, she knows, she said, the Lord wants to minister to them. And she may not know anything. Never saw them before, don't know anything about it, but she'll say, could I minister to you? And if they respond, she said, sometimes when they get up and they start walking down to the front, she'll know something. She said, sometimes she wouldn't know anything until she'd start praying for them. Then she'd know something. Or until maybe she laid hands on them. Then she'd know something. And it was something she'd have no way of knowing. But it was the Lord. But how did she get that? How did it start? Come on, you see why I'm telling the story? How did she followed the love? Is another way of saying she was being led by the Spirit. But it's not hard. It's not complicated. What we do need to do is turn off the TV some 
and pray and get quiet. Come on, y'all with me. And then when these things come up to us, don't ignore them. If it comes up to you to call somebody, call them. If it comes up to you to ask somebody, can you help them some way? Just take a step. Follow that love and in taking those steps. A lot of times you won't know anything until you take the step because it requires faith. But then when you take that step, you'll know something. Don't make a big show out of it. Just ask a question and be willing to admit it if you missed it. If you make a mistake, just ask a que- ask questions instead of trying to demand or tell somebody this or that. Or There's no place for pride. In these things. No place for trying to show off. Or try to show people how spiritual you are. You start doing that. You'll have nothing. You'll just be doing stuff in the flesh. Pursue the love. That's one. What's the other one? Seek earnestly. Earnestly. King James says covet. Earnestly. The spiritual things. You have to want these things. Or you won't be bothered with them. This is one reason I'm preaching on them. Teaching on them. We're supposed to have a church full of this. We're not supposed to be just dependent. On our little minds. And our little brains. And what we can learn off of Google. We have. The one. On the inside of us. The Holy Spirit. Who will reveal to us. Even things to come. He'll lead and guide us into all the truth if we'll give him some attention. If in all our ways we will acknowledge him. Not trust to your own understanding. But lean, don't lean to that, but trust in him in your heart and in all your ways acknowledge him. And what do the scriptures say? He shall direct your paths. Come on, say it out loud. Stir yourself up. Say, I hunger. I I earnestly desire desire the gifts of the Spirit. I earnestly, I I covet word of knowledge, word of of wisdom, wisdom, discerning of spirits, gifts of healings, special faith, workings of miracles, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy. I hunger for these things in Jesus' name. Stir yourself up. This is a part of getting them, of having them. The Lord does not give his precious things to people who could care less about them. These things are precious. These things are wonderful. You can't, there's not enough money in the world to buy one of these. They are amazing. And we, I, Phyllis and I have seen in ministry, there were times when people didn't know what to do. They were in the most terrible mess. Phyllis and I didn't know what to do. We didn't have a clue. We looked to the Lord and he gave us one of these. Oh, somebody say glory to God. And it was the key to turning the whole thing around. I can't produce it. You can't produce it. Oh, but if we'll be open, if we'll hunger for it, if we'll be ready to follow love, he'll give things. And all at once, you'll know something. All at once, you'll know the wisdom of God on the situation. And revelation about the future. All at once, a faith will come on you that's beyond anything you've ever had. And you'll feel like you're about 20 foot tall. (laughs) And there ain't no way this ain't going to happen. And you'll command it in the name of Jesus and it'll happen. 
Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Are you hungry for these things? Yes. The church has become heady, intellectual, not spiritual. Brother Hagin used to say, many have developed their head at the expense of their spirit. But these things are not of the head. And head knowledge won't give you all these things. This is the things of the Spirit of God. Say it again. I'm hungry for them. I want them. We want them in our church, Lord. Our churches. We want them in our individual lives. We want them in our professional lives. We want them in our marriages. Our families. We know we are not enough by ourselves and on our own. Come on, would we acknowledge that? We acknowledge we don't know enough in our heads. What do you know about the future? We don't know enough, but we're not by ourselves. We got the greater one inside us. He knows everything about everything, and he won't tell you everything. You don't need to know everything, but he'll give you a word. And it's the word you need for the time. And it'll just go off inside you. And you'll go from frustration and desperation to, that's it, that's it, that's it. All I got to do is do that. And everything else will fall into place. Hallelujah. God is never at a loss about what to do. (laughs) Never. (laughs) He knows the answer. Way before you knew you had a problem. <laughs> Way before you knew to ask a question. <laughs> he knew the answer. Three things. What? Follow the love. Number two, what? Covet earnestly. Number two. Number three. Rather covet that you may prophesy. Now here begins in our Bible an entire chapter. On three of the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit. You don't see this for the other six. How many have read and know the rest of this chapter, and it's substantial, deals with tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. We, you know, gifts of healings, working of miracles, faith doesn't get its own chapter. <laughs> Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning the spirits doesn't get its own chapter. Why? This is distinctive of our age. The patriarchs didn't speak in tongues. Are y'all with me? And they did prophesy, but they didn't speak in tongues like this. That began on the day of Pentecost. And one reason why you need a whole chapter about this is because we can initiate these three. That's right. We can initiate prophesying. Mm-hmm. We can initiate speaking in tongues. We can initiate interpretation of tongues. Now, if that doesn't sound right to you, you just need to listen some more. And again, why do you need, I mean, this would make a little book. Why do you need a book of instruction on something you got nothing to do with? You cannot initiate a word of knowledge. You cannot initiate a word of wisdom. You cannot initiate discernings of spirits. You cannot initiate 
special faith, gifts of healings, workings of miracles. You can't initiate those. You can, you can stay prayed up. You can hunger after them. You can be ready to follow love. You can't initiate it. If you read this chapter and have understanding of it, later on Paul said, what is it then? I will speak with the Spirit. I will speak with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. Can you say, I will pray right now with my understanding? I will initiate it. Can you do that? You know you can. He said, I can do the same thing with my Spirit. I can do the same thing. And they were making some mistakes. They were initiating some things incorrectly and wrongly, and it was causing confusion, and they needed instruction. So let's read about tongues and interpretation. I don't think we'll get to prophecy tonight. (laughs) Can you come back? Let me give you at least a little bit more. Verse 2. He who is speaking in a tongue, now unknowns added, and why is that not the best word? It is unknown to the speaker. It's not unknown, period. It's known to somebody, even if it's not known to any man or woman on the earth. That doesn't mean it's unknown. It could be angels that understand He who is speaking in a tongue unlearned by them, unknown to them, is not speaking to men, but to God. For no one hearkens or understands, and in the Spirit he does speak secrets or mysteries. Do we still need the ability to speak and pray beyond our limited understanding today? Well... Why do you want to believe tongues have ceased? Are we in the same church they were in? We got the same spirit. Then where can you point to where it all stopped and the Lord said we don't need it anymore? You can actually find the opposite. That in every generation since then, somebody has talked in tongues. Up until the current day. There have been times when most of the church didn't. But that's because men changed, not God. He didn't change. Oh, friend, if you don't speak in tongues, don't get mad at us for talking about it. Join us. (laughs) You'll be so much happier. And we're not telling you that you don't have the Spirit. If you've been born again, you know you have the Spirit. We're just saying there's more. There's more. You can be filled with the Spirit. And just because you were filled with the Spirit back in 1986... Doesn't mean that's the end. You're supposed to be filled again. You see the same people that got filled in Acts 2. Got filled again in Acts 4. There's one initial receiving. There are to be many subsequent refillings. In fact that term spirit filled is used too loosely. But uh, he in talking about speaking in tongues. This kind of speaking in tongues, and we'll call this for personal edification. This is personal speaking in tongues. I'll go ahead and give you the three kinds that I want us to speak about at some point. One, you've already saw ministry tongues. Second here, and the order is not correct, but 
we'll, just, we'll get to that later. The second is personal. Personal tongues. The third is a sign tongue. A sign. Like sign and wonder. Which is how this got started. You got to remember that the church at Corinth knew about Acts 2. The day of Pentecost is where all this got started. And the tongue that happened on that day was not a ministry tongue. And it wasn't just a personal tongue. It was a sign tongue. Which is why it came with a blowing wind <laughs> and a flame of fire. Somebody said, well, that don't happen all the time. It doesn't. Just like sign tongues don't happen all the time. But that doesn't mean you can't have the personal edification tongue every day of your life. Say it out loud. Different kinds, Different kinds. Of, tongues. of tongues. Now go with me to Acts 2, please. Man, this is taking longer than I intended. But you know, when's the last time you got into this real deep, you know? For a lot of folks, this is first time. <laughs> and for others, there might have been a couple of points you missed first time around. Acts 2, this is where the speaking in tongues began. Acts 2. Verse 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly... There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them. And they were all what? Filled. Not, not born of the Spirit. They had already been born of the Spirit. They had already seen Jesus had been raised from the dead. Well, what's the criteria for being born again? You must, be, you must confess Jesus as Lord. And you must believe God has raised him from the dead. Is that what Romans 10 talks about? Had they done that? Yeah, they had. And Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Did they? Sure they did. Did they speak in tongues? No, not then. Well, what happened to them? Their spirits were changed. See, none of them were born again all the time they walked with Jesus on the earth before his death, burial, and resurrection. Couldn't be. Wasn't available yet. They were born of the Spirit, but not filled with the Spirit like this. They were all filled. You know, if you read Acts 19, it said Paul passing through the upper coast came to Ephesus. He found certain disciples. He asked them, you know, where they'd received the Spirit since they believed the Holy Spirit. And they said they hadn't heard whether there was any Holy Spirit. <laughs> and so he preached to them and talked. And then the Bible said when he prayed for them, they received and they spoke in tongues. And you see that again and again and again. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And again, the subject here is they. They were filled and they spoke. The Holy Spirit doesn't make you speak. You have to yield to him and speak by faith. And it's not supernatural that your mouth is moving or that you're forcing air out of your lungs. The Holy Spirit doesn't take you over and control you like a speaker or a music box. 
The supernatural thing is the utterance is not coming out of your head, out of your intellect. It's coming out of your heart where the Holy Spirit is. But you have to do the speaking. They begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Holy Spirit wasn't speaking. They were speaking. The Holy Spirit was giving them utterance. Come on, can you see this? The reason I go into this is because for years, if you've heard my testimony, I struggled and didn't receive and didn't speak. And one of the wrong things I believed, I told people, I said, well, if you ever hear me speaking in tongues, it won't be me. I want it to be the Holy Spirit. Oh, you mean you want the Holy Spirit to be filled with the Holy Spirit? (laughs) It was wrong thinking. And as long as I thought like that, I never spoke. And I was too much in my head. Thank God. Thank God. (laughs) He helped me (laughs) to finally see I got to speak by faith. And it's not a matter of my head. It comes out of my heart. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Keep going. There were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Keep going, I'm going to read the next few verses. When this was noised abroad, the multitude came together. They were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Does this happen all the time? It does not. Not only are they filled with the Spirit speaking in tongues, something else is going on. Everybody who hears them, hears them in their language. This is the opposite of the Tower of Babel. (laughs) This is people speaking in multiple languages, but everybody hearing the same thing. They were confounded because every man heard them speak in his own language. Verse 7. They were all amazed and they marveled. What does a sign do? Sign and a wonder? Makes you wonder. Makes you marvel. It's amazing. Why? God did this to shake the city. Right? He did this for reasons. And and they were saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? How do we hear every man of us in our own tongue wherein we were born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers in Mesopotamia, that's more than one. Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, what are all these languages? Let's count them. Back up, back to verse 9. 1, 2, 3, at least probably 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, keep going. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Who knows? How many understand? There could have been... 20, 30, 40 languages going on here. Phrygia, Pamphylia in Egypt, parts of Libya, Cyrene, strangers of Rome, Jews, proselytes, Cretes, Arabians. They got a list. We do hear them speak in our tongues. Even tells you what they were saying. Now the guys that got filled in the upper room didn't know what they were saying. They're speaking in languages they don't know. But what were they saying? The wonderful works of God. That has not changed. There are many times, if you're really speaking in tongues, that's what you'll be saying again. You'll be talking about the wonderful works of God. Hallelujah. Not the only thing. 
But it is a, a big thing. We hear them. Verse 12. They were all amazed. They were in doubt saying, what does this mean? This is a sign. Did this get everybody's attention in town? It's the middle of a big meeting. These are people from all these 20, 30, 40 countries. I mean, the whole area is focused on this today. He said, these men are full of new wine. Keep going. (laughs) Now, that's a poor explanation, isn't it? But Peter, he didn't completely deny it. He stood up with the eleven. He lifted up his voice. And he went on to say, he, he quoted from Scripture prophecy that God would pour out his spirit Hallelujah. And sons and daughters would prophesy. Is that right? That's That's one of the utterance manifestations. These are utterance manifestations. Now the reason I took time to go here is because that's what these churches started on. That's why they speak in tongues. Is because these guys did. And we need to remember the Corinthian church tongue talkers. The church at Ephesus, tongue talkers. Church at Colossae, tongue talkers. Church at Philippi, tongue talkers. Y'all with me? All these guys were tongue talkers. Paul, even though he's correcting them in 1 Corinthians 14 about some mistakes they're making, he says, I talk in tongues more than all of you. Well, that's not something that you'd think, well, it's no big deal. It's been done away with. And so the reason why he's going into detail in this, in chapter 14, is because people are getting up, speaking in tongues. Here's a phrase that will help you understand that whole chapter. Speaking in tongues with no interpretation. Speaking publicly in a tongue with no interpretation. Why? Trying to make this happen again. Can you see this, friends? Mm-hmm. Trying to duplicate this sign tongue. And Paul has to tell him, no, no, it's not right. Whatever you do in the public assembly needs to benefit people and build up people. And if they don't know what you're saying, that's uh, not going to profit them and benefit them. And which is why, even though I speak in tongues more than all of you, which is a lot, In the church, in a service, I'd rather say five words that you could understand and benefit from than me talking in a tongue to you that you don't understand. And there have been a number of people in modern times have missed it. They come up and speak in tongues to somebody and say, did you get that? (laughs) Or try to just get up and give a tongue in a congregation and no interpretation. And people didn't know what was said. It didn't benefit them. This is the same mistakes. And it can be an honest mistake. You don't have to make too big of a deal out of it. But there are times when people get excited and get blessed. And they're speaking in tongues. And really it's for them personally. And what they're saying is they're, they're telling God how much they love him. And they're declaring the wonderful works of God. But that's not for the public assembly. Come on, can you see this? And so that's why he went on to talk about that. That's a sign tongue that they were trying to duplicate. So you got ministry tongues, you got personal tongues, 
And you got sign tongues. Let me just touch on personal tongues, and then I'm going to have to save the rest of it for another time. First uh, Corinthians 14. Go back. First Corinthians 14. Let's talk about the personal tongue just a little bit. He, verse 2, he that speaks in a tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. So you're not even talking to other people. Some people would say, that's my prayer tongue. That's a limited designation. Because tongues are supposed to include more than prayer. They're not limited to prayer. But yeah, uh, you, you could do a lot of praying in other tongues. How many of you know you've got to watch about using titles and designations that are not scriptural? They can be well intended, but only partially correct and limited. You're not talking to men in this personal tongue. Who are you talking to? God. God. And who understands what you're saying? God. And how many other people? No, no. <laughs> no man, which includes you. You <laughs> say, well, what benefit would that be? I don't even understand what I'm saying. Well, read the rest of the verse. In the Spirit, you're speaking mysteries. You're, you're speaking and praying and singing and saying beyond your limited intellect, beyond your knowledge. Oh, friend, every child of God needs this. How do I pray about things I don't understand? How do I pray about the future? How do I pray about the parts of the plan of God that are a total mystery to me? How do I? You can say, oh, God, help me a hundred times, and it just seems to come short. Right? Is there something I can do beyond just vain repetitions what the Lord's told me not to do? Yes. Oh, somebody say, yes. Yes. It's this. Read verse 3. He that prophesies is speaking to who? Men. Two different directions. One, you're talking to God. The other, you're talking to men. To edification, exhortation, and comfort. I think we'll talk about that later. He that speaks in a tongue, why in the world would you speak in a language you don't even know? You don't even understand what you're saying? Well, one thing, you're praying and speaking out mysteries beyond your intellect. Another big thing, it will build you up. Oh, somebody say, build you up, build you up. Jude 20 says, but you, beloved, building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. That's what he's talking about. Build yourself. Edify means to build up. Do we need a means of self-edification in this rough world we live in? Huh? Are there times when you can feel beat down by dealing with the world and you need to come in and get a charge? You, you need a boost. Come on, y'all with me. Here it is. Here it is. Speaking in an unknown tongue, unknown to you. A tongue, another tongue. You build up yourself. But he that prophesies builds up the church. Just a couple more verses here. Skip down to verse 14 now. Let's look at something else. Same chapter here, verse 14. If I pray in a tongue I don't know, what's happening? What's going on? My spirit is praying. 
But my understanding is unfruitful. Didn't say the Holy Spirit is praying. Now he can be involved and help you pray. Beyond what you know. But this is your spirit praying. And speaking. But your understanding is unfruitful. Is there any benefit to spiritual activity. Which is not detected by the mind. Yes. Yes there is. Remember we talked about people developing their heads. Their intellects at the expense of their spirits. We don't have to be stuck with that. We can also develop our spirit. Our spirit can be developed. Verse 15. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit. And I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit. Have you been doing any of that? Sing in another tongue. In the spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. Keep going. Well, let me back up because, you know, I can sense somebody said, well, how do you know that in singing with the Spirit, singing in other tongues is contrasted with something you understand? Right? So what's the difference from what you understand? You don't understand it. So what must that be if you don't understand it? That's other tongues. What he's already been talking about in previous chapters and verses. I will sing with the Spirit. I'll sing with the understanding also. Keep going. Else when you shall bless with the Spirit. Here we got speaking in the Spirit. We got praying in the Spirit. We got singing in the Spirit. Blessing in the Spirit. How shall he that occupies the room of the unlearned. Unlearned about tongues and these things. Say amen at your giving of thanks. Seeing he understands not what you say. Why wouldn't he understand it? Because you're talking in a language you don't understand. What would be the benefit of that? Glad you asked. Look at the next verse. For verily you're giving thanks well. When you're giving thanks by faith in another tongue, you are speaking out mysteries. You are building yourself up. You are doing an excellent job of giving thanks because you're using exactly the right words that the Holy Spirit's feeding you to say this. Are these reasons enough to do this? But the other, the person don't understand what you're saying, is not edified. Why? Because you're speaking tongues with no interpretation. Verse 18, I thank my God. (laughs) He says to a people who are making mistakes speaking in tongues so much, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Well, if Paul spoke in tongues more than that bunch, he must have got up in the morning speaking in tongues, spoke in tongues in the afternoon, and went to bed speaking in tongues. Is it profitable? Is it beneficial? Oh, thank God it is. Stand on your feet, everybody. Let's just do some of it right now. Let's stir ourselves up. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. If, uh, if you've never done this, you can do it right now. I'll lead you in a prayer. And all you need to do is by faith believe you receive. Believe he'll hear this prayer and give you utterance. And then not be silent, but by faith speak. Not in a language you know, 
but speak by faith, believing he'll give you utterance, he will. How many in here speak in tongues? I want to see. Raise a hand so everybody else will know. Okay. Well, you know the Lord's no respecter of persons. If he does it for all these, he'll do it for you. Let me lead you in a prayer. Don't miss out on this. Say it out loud. Father God, I believe in you. I believe in the Word of God. I accept these verses. I believe in what happened in the book of Acts. I know you're the same today. You don't change. The Holy Spirit is the same. We're a part of the same church. I know you said that if we would ask you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, we'd not receive something wrong, but we would receive him. So I confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I believe he's been raised from the dead and alive right now. King of kings, Lord of lords. And I say, Master, fill me with your Holy Spirit. The same Spirit I'm born again by. The same Spirit I'm born of. Fill me to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. Give me utterance in a new tongue. I believe I receive. I receive him. I receive this by faith. And by faith, I will speak. Lift up your voice. Don't be silent. Speak by faith. Don't speak in your own language. Speak by faith. Oh, Sabaro. Inche Panelote. Insta Convanbide. Ushdo Femamaro. Be bold. Speak right out loud. Join us. Everybody, everybody, lift your voice on the platform. Instrument players, lift your voice. Lift your voice. Oh, the wonderful works of God. Sing in the Spirit. Speak in the Spirit. Oh, Hallelujah. Are you qualified to know whether that sounds like a language or not? You are not. You don't know what all men's languages, much less angelic tongues, sound like. But can you count on what God said if you're doing it by faith and the utterance is given, you're speaking to God? Hallelujah. Even though no man understands, it's speaking out mysteries. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Did Paul say by the Spirit, I will speak with the Spirit, and I will speak or pray with the understanding. I'll sing with the Spirit. Come on, say it out loud. I will sing and speak with the understanding and with the Spirit. And that would be what you don't understand. So here we go again. Are you ready? Come on. Don't look around. Don't be silent. Come on, step out by faith. Don't miss out on this. Lift your voice. Express your heart in love to God. Lift your voice. Declare the wonderful things of God. Oh, say, Kylie. Tell the Lord how much you love him. Tell him how much you believe in him. Tell him how thankful you are. Oh, thank you, Lord, for Korem Bishen and De Alaksea Heche. Thank you. Mangawi me and Kesh Dibai and Non De Lasici for always. Biti Wanore, always. Binengalin Mayendete. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, same by Anichi, Seva Mokar and Bela, Iste Mungan in Gesho. Ese foyamankale, esta mayan nengiro, esta mankarek pine, eshingalek manalo, eso mayan gankije. Preaso di malos, es nempekar, ishnembado, amendikar. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, you know, we're so accustomed to this, so, so those of us that, that live like this, but this is a huge part of Phyllis in my life. I mean, I'll go along sometimes just praying under my breath. If you were standing right beside me, you, you wouldn't know. I'm praying in the Spirit. And then when I, a lot of times if I'm by myself, I lift up my voice. And I'm just, things are going on in my heart. Hallelujah. Speaking out uh, mysteries. Building myself up. Glory to God. Oh, friend, this... You do not want to neglect this. You do not want to write this off. You do not want to try to explain this away that it's not for everybody. It is. God would not give something this valuable, this precious to how many of us on the earth do this and withhold it from others that need it just as much as we do. Don't believe these things. Wrong things have been taught about this. This belongs to everybody. Everybody. Every believer I'm talking about. Every believer. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Corinthians were definitely tongue talkers. Paul was definitely a tongue talker. The Ephesians, the Colossians, the Philippians, the Sarasotans. 
The Bransonians, come on, are y'all with me? Huh? Are we the Faith Life Churchers? Well, are we? Come on, say, we are. We are. Tongue talkers. I am a tongue talker. Glory to God. <laughs> now, if this is still new to you and you haven't yielded as much as you should, go home. Lay across your bed. Do this some more. Do it some more. Just lay there and just, just speak. God won't make you. Do it by faith. And the more you do, you do it enough, your head will get quiet and you'll begin to yield better and you'll begin to get into a flow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And one reason this is this way is because God requires faith. It takes faith to do this. And it, you'll step into a whole new world. And this is the third thing we were talking about. A key to more of these manifestations, follow after love. Desire and hunger after them. What was that third one? Covet and desire. Prophecy, that is inspired utterance. Tongues and interpretation are also inspired utterance. The more we speak in tongues, uh, Brother Hagin said this. He said, I find in my own personal life that the less I speak in tongues, the less of the other manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit I have. And I find that in my own personal life, he said, the more I speak in tongues, the more of these other I have. Why? Because it's the same Spirit. You get used to yielding to the Spirit in that flow. Next thing you know, you have a word of knowledge. Next thing you know, there's this, there's that. It's the same Spirit. Can you say amen? Amen. Reckon we'd get a bigger benefit out of this than some of the stuff people are watching or or reading or or listening or searching. So there, there can be a swap, right? Do that in place of that and we get more benefits. Can you say amen? This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.